0: Today you have an awesome opportunity to uh, study inversions, right? And I gave you a handout that has four pages to it, Uh, and we're going to talk about on the mat today benefits, modifications, and how to adjust students in in, inversions. I loved when you all checked in because it's really interesting to hear. Uh, If you're pregnant at this time, you're really into child's pose or a wide-legged forward fold. Right? If you have maybe not per se um, issues with making sure that things go a certain way in your life that you are, might be apprehensive about moving through something. Right. A lot of people come to the mat with fears. Um, you might not be able to pick your favorite um, inversion pose because you really feel very comfortable with your head below your heart. Uh, Or you uh, very uh, demurely say, is down dog an inversion? (laughs) Yes, down dog is a really great inversion and it's kind of the best way to get your Shiva Shakti connected um, and have an inversion practice without feeling afraid or um, anxious or uncomfortable. Because you don't really, you're in a safe space with a down dog as an inversion. Um, and then what other ones did we say? What was yours, Katie? Crow. Crow, so more of an arm balance, kind of an inversion-y kind of place to be. But what's interesting about all of these poses, whether it's a headstand, a dolphin plank, a three-legged dog, or a child's pose... An inversion allows you to create a new perspective on life, right? When I put that as one of the titles of your pages here. Inversions are really invigorating and uplifting because they're great mentally. Your sh- sh- Shakti power at the base of the spine near the Mula Bandha, where you're firmly rooted in earth, all of a sudden has been flipped over and your head is below your heart. And you're tapping into igniting that Shakti power and kind of connecting it with the Shiva at the crown of the head. So you're flipping perspectives in your body. You're invigorating the energy because you're allowing that Kundalini or the Tantric or the flow of the Nadis to move through your body. But at the same time, it's very fearful. It's very, it triggers a lot of things because we like to see where we're going. We like to know the outcome. We like to assume things instead of just experiencing things. So inversion practices allow you to get your head out of your ass. No pun intended, right? If we're supposed to take life with a grain of salt, if we're to supposed to move through life freely, aligned and in our truth, It doesn't matter whether we are in a forward fold or in a twist or on our backs. We shouldn't be afraid of where we're at. We should meet life head on, right? And um, so that's really a big part of this inversion practice when you're learning how to adjust and work with inversions with your students. They allow you to improve your balance and your confidence, They allow you to um, stimulate the sympathetic nervous system and prepare your body for action. They help you to get rid of bad posture. Energetically, as we're working the endocrine system from a science perspective, we also know from a yogic perspective we're working all the chakras, right? Because it's kind of flipping them and making them kind of reboot our superhuman machine. What's kind of interesting, um, as your body goes into an inversion or forward fold, you also heat up. So it's very stimulating. So when some of you checked in, um, you might have said like, I don't like inversions. They feel uncomfortable. I don't like doing them because maybe it's a control issue, but I feel like I'm not doing it right or I'm not able to sustain it. But what you really want to tell your students is with any inversion practice, you're already supported by the ground. In downward facing dog, you have four points of contact. In child's pose, you have four points of contact. In when you get to Pinchimayarasana, you're already halfway down. You're two quarters of the way down, right? Your forearms are on the ground. Your legs might be up in the air, but you've already fallen. So I think it's really important as you're working through inversion practices not to come at it as a teacher like, ooh, scary shit, right? Because if you do that, then what happens is you already have basically fed into their fears, right? And I don't know, what's that movie with Sandra Bullock? And she has to pick up the foot, horse's foot. It's an AA thing. 28 days.
1: Okay, twenty-eight um, days. days. It's
0: okay. So, um, but you know how they always say like you need to conquer something because the animal can scent your fear, right? Well, we're just big animals with big souls and big thick heads, and we need to let go of a lot of stuff. So, but if a student feels your fear. Or feels your apprehension to an inversion, then they're gonna right away think that inversions are scary. And truly they're not, because if every pose on the mat is what? Thank you, Tadasana, and every pose is working with the breath, which is in our what region? It starts with the sun. if we can really work with the deep diaphragmatic breath, and this is our center, that pelvis region, the belly button region, um, our hands and our feet are one and the same. And as teachers, we are teaching our hands are our feet, our feet are our hands, because if we are in Tadasana, aligning our truth and authenticity, we can flip perspectives anytime, and it's not going to bug us. We can be in any balancing pose, whether it's on our arms or whether it's a hero pose, right, like a warrior, and still feel as comfortable because we're breathing. We're centered. We're grounded. We're, like, really there. That's a really huge thing. As you find this space that you're working with the students, uh, there's um, the same thing that we always talk about when you're working with me, that you're rooting to rise, so you want to set your student up with an anchored gaze, with their breath, and work for modifications on up as we go through these poses. Today we're going to hit a lot of postures, but I wanted to, I gave you a list of inversion poses. And then I also gave you some pictures from Leslie Kamenoff's book of yoga anatomy kind of showing what muscle groups you're using. I also gave you an option for a kind of fun uh, little sequence that you can do to help you with uh, the practice. Who can do inversions? Uh Uh-huh. Right. Because what's your favorite pose as you're pregnant? Child's pose. And what is the word for child's in Sanskrit? It might be on your cheat sheet. Right. Balasana. Right? Right. So child's pose, balasana. It's also been called zama. Zama means leaf. So zamasana. So you have your hands forward where you're more prostrate, knees together, or knees apart. You have your arms back where you're just in a nice little forward fold. Mm-hmm. There's different ways to do it. You can even do mudras. As you're laying in your child's pose, you can take your hands and the thumb and the index finger, make a triangle, and your elbows are bent, so you can do mudras. You can also, and I love to do this during um, Uh, during, like, Pintumayarasana practices or practices where you're really using your shoulders a lot, put your elbows forward and your hands towards your shoulders in child's pose. It's a great stretch for your muscles. There are so many different ways to attempt to get into into, um, poses, so don't um, think that an inversion has to be a really intense forearm balance or... um, a shoulder stand, or a headstand, or a plow. So, if we stand in Tadasana, your pubic bone and your tailbone have to have a really good conversation, right? They have to be in alignment. Um, Yesterday, for those of you who were at the uh, Vandas tech, I was telling you um, all of our practices are based upon the theory of Shtira Suka Asana, right? From the Yoga Sutras. And we're balancing out our strengths and our weaknesses, motion and stillness, to find our center so that we can create equanimity with the least amount of effort and the maximum amount of results, correct? Okay? If my pubic bone and my tailbone were given names at the tech, she is called your queen. Right? So the pubic bone is your queen. Oh, yeah. And the tailbone is your? King. Right? Positive, negative, good, bad, male, female, sweet, sour. All these different balances that we're working on as we're on the mat. Finding alignment in our pose as we find stillness, but also fluidity with the breath. Right? Okay, if she is your queen, and he is your king, and they're trying to find stability, there are other queens and kings in our practices, which we're going to talk about today. Who is the king of your practice that's an asana?
2: Headstand. Who's the queen of your
0: practice? Shoulder stand.
1: Shoulder stand.
0: Yeah. So a lot of times as teachers, you can refer as the king and the queen to your headstand or your shoulder stand, which is kind of cool. Two and two and two. Oh, good. So you make eight, which is awesome. Okay? What we're going to do now, now that you have your list and your cool pictures and you just said who can do inversions and anybody can do an inversion, you just have to have your head below your heart. Um, Even if someone's a paraplegic, you can find different ways to move even their bed to help them get the fresh oxygenated blood to flow differently, okay? Even in chair yoga, I can do a Paschimottanasana by just sitting in my chair, right, that's my fake chair, and my head is hanging down, folded, like on the airplane when they tell you if you're going to throw up, put your head below your heart and separate your legs a little bit. I know. Because it calms your parasympathetic nervous system. And your parasympathetic nervous system a lot of times starts at the vagus nerve and goes all the way to your tummy. So you're calming your tummy when you put your head below your heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, one, uh, another question is um, being upside down changes your view of the world both literally and metaphorically. It can teach us how to get out of our habits and take a break from the norm. So your journal question for all of you to do tonight, if you would like to, this is like uh, one of those if you choose kind of things, Um, like there was a, uh, this is an option, you don't have to do it if you don't want to, but what do you do to break out of your habits when you feel stuck? And that could be your journal question, okay? What you're doing is skill and action as teachers. Make sure that you um, allow yourself to only teach what you're comfortable teaching, right? So as we go through all of these different postures today on the mat, make sure that you practice here with your friends as much as you can because this is your peer group, your accountability group. Don't practice a handstand adjustment or a handstand, teaching someone how to do a handstand if you don't do it yourself, you know, because then you're going to really F someone up, okay, we have some people here who are pregos. remember that um, only do what feels really good for you, uh, and um, you can do inversions if they were already part of your practice, okay, but we're gonna break up into groups. So we'll have two and two and two and two, okay? The first thing that we're gonna do is child's pose and since this is the benefits, modifications, and how to adjust students in inversions, we're gonna do mostly the adjustments in child's pose. Are you wearing slippery pants today? Wearing slippery pants today? Last week you fell off of someone. Yeah.
1: She rolled off.
0: She rolled off. I'm free. OK. So one person say I'm going to be a teacher, and another person say they're going to be a student. So you have the receiver and the giver, and clear your stuff off of your uh, yoga mat. It's good. Press down. our back. Right? So, you're in child's pose, but now say someone comes in and says, I have really bad knees. Or, I I mean, I have really bad hips and I can't go into full-on child's pose. So, your hips are high, your knees are underneath the hips, and your hands are forward and your forehead is down. Okay? So, the only thing you can really do in this one is the same adjustment you would do for downward facing dog. Okay? It's a very same kind of modification. So, make your hands like you're eating a really big sandwich. Your fingers are merging together. Your thumbs are um, pointing in. Yep. And your elbows are out wide. You're going to grab on, right? The student has told you you can touch them. You're going to grab on to the folds of the hips. Yep. And you're Sticking your fingers in there. Yeah, there you go. And pull back. But remember, you're doing yoga, so it's pull back, lift your heart, have a heart open. Right?
2: It's a little bit
0: harder for a dude because look at what Jess is doing. It's hard like
2: that. more awkward. I think it's what she meant to Because of the
0: pipette. <laughs> So, because we're all different heights, so if you're standing here like that and pulling someone back, it kind of looks weird, right? So, as a gentleman, what you could do and what I'm going to teach you all how to do is use a strap, okay? But I want you to feel in this version what it feels like.
2: Okay, so now switch.
0: Your student is in Puppy Dog, and all you're doing is stretching, creating natural traction for the back. Yep, you're making your hands like you're eating a sandwich. You're grabbing onto the hips, so take your index finger and tuck it in. Tuck tuck your index finger underneath. You're really holding the folds of the legs and then pull back. But remember, your fingers stay together. Yep, and then bend your knees and pull back. Good. All right, release your friend. Everybody's okay? Yep. So, puppy dog, the precursor to your down dog, right? But I want to just segue for a second. And, And when you go into down dog and someone says, my shoulder hurts or I just had rotator cuff surgery, or I feel really uncomfortable with that much weight bearing on my wrist because something's going on with my wrist, carpal tunnel, tennis elbow, whatever. Cat and cow is considered an inversion practice, right? You're pushing the earth away, hollowing out the belly, and then you're inhale lifting your heart and opening your chest. So that could be considered an inversion for some people. Okay? Good? Awesome. Let's keep going. Now we're going to make our way into downward facing dog. Okay? Um, The transition to down dog could be a dolphin. So we always think of dolphin plank, which is really good for your back wings and just tone your biceps and triceps. But place your elbows down to the ground and you can all do this at the same time to feel what it feels like. Grab your opposite elbow. That's a great way to gauge how wide you need your arms to be. I'm also going to show you how to do something with a yoga strap, but right now you're just kind of feeling this position, okay? Bring your hands out in front of you, spread your fingers out so your wrists come out from the elbows. Roll your toes under and you can find down dog legs on your forearms. This is called dolphin because your butt is in the air like a little dolphin fin, and you're swimming through the ocean of life with your breath.
2: Okay,
0: and then come on back down. In this position, when you're adjusting your students, you can do the same thing. You can place your hands and pull back. You also can allow your students to think about this pose Um, where it's, they can bend their knees, their heels can be up off the ground, they don't have to put their heels down to the ground, okay? Is that the same adjustment, so I'm not going to have you adjust your friend and puppy dog, I mean, and and this uh, dolphin. But let's take ourselves into um, a full-on down dog. And so, whoever wants to adjust first, stand up. Okay. This time, I'm going to have you have a yoga strap. When someone has their head hanging down, the worst thing that you want to do is walk up to them They will stick their head up. <laughs> Thank you. So students, remember you're listening to your body and doing what feels appropriate. dog you've already done it in your dolphin, what I want you to do is grab your strap. Right? Because you all got a strap. You'll share it. And you're going to make, I'll give you this one if you need it. You're going to make it so that it closes and it's shoulder width apart. So you're looping the D ring so that you're shoulder width apart. You can check. What? I know some of them are the plastic ones are a little cheaper. Okay. in your body okay do down dog to the wall but take the ball mounts of your feet to the floorboards and the heels up the wall so your ball mounts of your feet are as close to the wall as you can good your hands are in down dog hands, so think about the shoulders broadening, the head hanging down. Walk your feet up so you create an L. Good. Your heels are stemming up and your hips, your hips are over your shoulders, and you're just looking forward and breathing, so you don't get a head rush. Okay. Okay. Now, keeping your hips in alignment, lift your right leg up to the sky. <laughs> You're standing on the ceiling, so activate the foot in the air because you're in tadasana. Your hands are your feet, your feet are your hands. Good. Put the foot back to the wall and switch legs.
2: Yeah.
0: It's not your shoulders, it's the breath. Lower the foot and walk the legs back down. I think I started to wipe my arms shoulders. It's okay. I think someone's tired. Careful. <laughs> <Terrible. laughs> yeah.
1: We had an origin time
0: before this. Oh, good. I know. So say that again, so the breath, so the breathing is what's keeping
2: our.
0: Yeah, so many people think that it's actually the pushing, but it's actually the breath. You're pulling in, you're harnessing the pure potentiality of the energy. Your inhales and your exhales are really mellow and soft and gentle. And then as you come into your positioning, right, as I come into my my legs, in this position, then what happens is I'm not getting a duck butt, but I'm really just focusing on breathing. Then you start playing around with tapping your foot against the wall. Until you feel comfortable enough to just kind of balance and play around. You're just playing. But I'm not pushing. You. Right? And that's what your student thinks. If I'm in downward facing dog and I'm pushing, and I'm just using my shoulders, and then I stand up. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm T-Rex. But that's what most people are doing. And we want to create space. And your hands need to walk back like a foot. Me? Yeah. Back?
2: Yeah. Even more. Even more,
0: keep your feet and lock your hands Mm up. So think of when you're in an inversion, think of doing a chest expander or an up dog. Because you're not, you're not like reaching or anything like that, you're actually expansive. You're broadening. So, everybody sit on your knees, and then one of the partners stand up behind the person who's on their knees and then push to the bathroom. So, my partner is here. She's got her arms up high. She's sitting on her heels and her heels closed, and she's going to reach her arms up like she's in an inversion. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to take my hands between the elbows and the shoulders in the bicep region. She's going to push out. On her because it's about the breath. Feel that? Mm-hmm. It's belly, belly, belly. Push out. Breathe in. Good. It's expansive and spacious. Mm-hmm. You guys are partners, than me? No. I'm just watching. <laughs> okay. So, you know, want to try? Yeah. Push. Push.
2: I'll have a good
0: night. Mm-hmm. you guys are here, you're
2: you're just activate the
0: serratus. Yep, you're activating the serratus, but what else do you feel? The diaphragm of breathing. Right. Forward is super. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. our it's really funny. You guys all have a different way to find the top of your head. Okay. A couple different ways. You can take your thumbs into your inner ears, wiggle your fingers, take the fingers and bring them to the top of the head. Okay. So now it's good. You know, like it's where your headband kind of goes. If that isn't the way you want to teach it, you can take where the hand and the wrist meet, right? At the bracelets. Have you ever heard that in palmistry? They call those little lines, the bracelets at your wrist. You put the bracelet to the um, brow, at the top of the nose, and you take the middle finger, and where that middle finger hits, that's the top of your head.
2: Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> <laughs> Alright,
0: to come into an inversion to come into the Ashtanga version of a headstand is a little bit harder because it's a lot more weight-bearing on the top of the head or it's a little bit more precarious because a lot of people tuck and roll. So when I teach inversion practices to people who are newbies, I always teach the tripod headstand. They say, a lot of people will say, well, I learned the Ashtanga version and this one's harder. This one's harder because I, you don't let people come up if they can't bring both legs up together, right? So, you take, you've figured out where the top of your head is, you take your thumbs to where your knees are, you bring the top of the head to the ground, you roll your toes under, and you're in a little bit of a tripod. The block is in between the legs and you just have them lift their legs up halfway and lower back down. So try it, put your strap around the elbows, right um, at the biceps. You're facing me, you're away from the wall because you don't want to hit the wall. And your forearms come down, the block is in between your legs. Take your thumbs near your knees. Elbows down to the ground. Oh, I'm sorry, thumbs to the knees, top of the head to the ground. Legs are straight, you're squeezing your block, lift your legs up halfway. I, as a teacher, am not even near you. Your legs are straight, like you're standing on the ground, so don't bend your knees, squeeze the block, lift your legs up halfway. Maybe
2: that hurts. I think it's
0: Don't jump, feet are straight, legs are strong,
2: and if you feel like
0: you're jumping or you feel like this is challenging, it is, so you just keep working on it, and practice, practice, practice. Of contact, but just like any Frank Lloyd Wright chair, it might break. So you just have to really let the student find their foundation and not try and kind of go and do anything. Your words and your props are the best with headstands.
2: What do you think about bending your knees in together and then? You can do
0: that too. You just have to kind of teach the student how to tuck and roll. But by lifting the legs up, that kind of, to me, helps them figure out their bandhas a little bit better because they have to figure out their breathing. If you bend your knees to your chest, it's more of a, a little bit more of a container and a safe space than lifting your legs up straight. Yep, yep.
2: Yeah.
0: We're always going to find the easiest, yeah. quickest mm-hmm. route.
2: Yeah. So what is the reason I it or is it
0: my muscles that Because you like to donkey kick? Um, it it could be all of the above. It could be none of the above. I mean, the thing is, is just practice, practice, practice. And I think it's more about the experience. You know, like none of us are going to be professional chefs until we start playing around in the kitchen and mixing up spices and trying different things. What I'm saying doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. You have to take it with a grain of salt. And I like that kitchen analogy. You can tell I'm hungry. <laughs> You might have been invaded by aliens. I don't know. Double up the mat. Oh, yeah. just You're not used to it. Maybe you feel like you're dumping weight because you haven't figured out the breath work stuff. Um, there's all kinds of different things. But um, doubling up the mat. Yeah. And make sure your hair is in ponytails and not a French braid or a uh, thing on top of your head. I have my Have you ever seen um, Leonardo da Vinci's The Vitruvian Man? Okay, so you're talking to someone A that went to Montessori And there is no such thing as can right? We all learn different ways. Our bodies are totally proportionate to whom we are Right, you're working with your skeleton. So if I take my foot and I put my heel into my elbow That's how big my shoes my foot is for my body it's going to be different for your body, but if you did the same thing, you now know how to buy shoes because it goes from your wrist to your elbow. It's going to be totally different. If I have a long neck, I have a long neck. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to be able to support myself. It might be, I might be a little hard-headed or, you know, like, I don't know, emotional stuff. But the Vitruvian man, let's, say, let's call it the Vitruvian human, is equally proportionate because this is how they figured out the dimensions for building, constructing things architecturally. Uh, And that's why if I open my arms wide, when I taught you guys how to do uh, the um, triangles or all of the um, hero poses and your balancing, your standing poses, if you point your fingers down and from the wrist down, my ankles should be that wide for my body. But if I had all of you stand up and do that, or if I had new students come to class, most people go like this. Because we're not using the proper muscle groups or the breath, or we've gotten tight or constrained. Right? So I think the most important thing is, is that our bodies are proportionate to what we are and what we can do. And we have to really work within the confines of that. I don't believe that nobody can do something. Even I've had students who've had rods put in their neck because they've had surgeries, and they go into inversions. So, But you might have a fracture. You might have a pinched nerve. You might have like gone to be with the tribe of the Maasai warrior priestesses in Africa, and you're in Ethiopia, and your neck got really long because you tr- did it in traction. You put all those pretty necklaces on, and you like, can't do anything because it's all wispy, and maybe you can't do an inversion. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah
2: Sounds I the other that I was really not about, so was yeah. just right. that. right.
0: There's so many different perspectives, and that's why once again take everything I say with a grain of salt, teach from experience, and teach from what you feel comfortable with. But always remember that we have the ability to really get to spaces with practice practice habitual persistence and that's what we learn in the sutras is like with time and with dedication we can find moment-to-moment awareness if we use the breath properly right so yeah is to and oh that's a whole other thing so if you have your period and you invert Um, Some people say it doesn't matter, other people say it does. Women, um, during your women's holiday, they often say don't practice inversions, give yourself a break. On lunar phases, give yourself a break. Um, Because there's something called um, endometriosis, and they're doing more and more research that they're finding that um, 80% of women have endometriosis and it means that your period blood goes outside of the membranes of your period, um, walls, you know, of your uterus, whatever the period comes from, goes to. I don't know. I mean, I've had surgeries, you know, they tested me for all of that stuff when during my baby-making days. And they uh, ate from, Learning and studying that 80% of women have endometriosis and don't even know about it. If it's bad, you'll know because you might need a hysterectomy because you have period problems. If you have period problems, you're not going to do an inversion practice because you're already having enough trouble (laughs) with everything else. But it depends. I mean, a lot of people say don't do inversions when you're pregnant. We have two pregnant women in here and they're doing it. And they feel comfortable with it because they did that before they were pregnant. It's all a matter of trusting yourself and where you're at. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: If you do have your period though, legs up the wall pose is a great inversion. Legs on the wall pose, you can be doing away from the wall, or you can be doing in the middle of the room, right? So if you take and have a student do legs up the wall pose in the middle of the room, you as a teacher can take and bring your forearm and press down on the person's foot to get a little bit more of a hamstring stretch. So have one person go into legs up the wall pose and have another person who's the teacher. And then take your forearm. that question um, as you think about inversions and the idea of invigorating and uplifting uh, and how they affect you personally and physiologically and psychologically, about how being upside down changes your view on the world, both literally and metaphorically. It teaches you how to get out of old habits and take a break from the norm. So what do you do to break out of your habits when you feel stuck? listen to your body and do what feels appropriate, and you allow yourself to use all the props that we talked about today, and you give yourself an opportunity to focus on cueing from alignment, inversions are not scary, and you will be able to have every student attain an inversion practice through personal discipline practice and all that good stuff. see all of you tonight. I think you all are going to sleep really well. (laughs) And I hope that you remember that the poses aren't the key to yoga, right? In thought and speech and action, we want the merits of our practice to benefit not only us, but all beings that we come in contact with. So go out, go forth, and may the force be with you, right? (laughs) Have a really awesome evening, thank you so much.